Welcome to Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history. As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian. And I'm probably only like an eighth genie. Tina, welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. Uh, Tina, what game do we play this week? This week, or this two weeks, we sure. played Shantae. Shantae! What Yay. is Shantae? It is an incredibly adorable game where you get to play as a little genie and save your beachside town that you're protecting from an evil pirate. Yeah. And it's 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that the... Is that the rating? Are we are we skipping right to the rating? <laughs> no, it's great though. It's yeah, great. Yeah. I really like it. I really like it. I know we're gonna talk more about it, but I really like it. It's 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 such hey, a Hey Joe, hey Joe, how do you feel about this game? I really like it. Um I think it's a nice contrast. The fact that we just played Zelda is a nice contrast because it still kind of feels it's a dungeon crawler, but it's more of a dungeon crawler platformer, whereas Zelda was a top down rpg dungeon crawler type game and i think that's a nice contrast but yeah it's a it's a side view 2d platformer similar to mario but it's uh it has more kind of rpg-ish elements you get items you get power-ups um permanent power-ups as opposed to mario's like mushrooms and stuff like that and you go into dungeons you fight bosses you get the four treasures of the elements because it's a video game and i mean come on so tina the four lamest treasures in the entire universe might i add what? I'm sorry. Twinkle, shimmer, dribble. The those dribble. are those are not frightening or like evocative or powerful words. Nah. <laughs> I do have a question about it though. Mm-hmm. While we're still kind of talking about like the distinction, is this a Metroidvania? Because it's there like were, there were moments that I was having like guac flashbacks. It's. Not truly a Metroidvania. It has Metroidvania-esque elements. Like, there are certain of the extra stuff, like the warp squids or the fireflies, that you can only get with certain power-ups. But mm-hmm. parts of the world... Uh, actually, parts of the world are locked off behind power-ups. Yeah. So Like, you can't get to the end of the first dungeon until you're a monkey. Yeah, I I don't know that its primary genre would be Metroidvania. <sighs> that its primary genre would be Metroidvania, but I definitely say it's pretty close to the Metroidvania franchise, or, sorry, Metroidvania genre, yeah. It's adjacent. Adjacent. (laughs) It's Metroidvania adjacent, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah. So, what are your general impressions of this game? So, I walked into this game thinking that it was going to be another, like, since it is kind of an older game, and then I looked up the release date, and it's really not that old. Um, like, it's really not that old. But compared to some of the other games we played, this is an older game, so I thought it was kind of going to have the same feel as Mario and Zelda and Banjo-Kazooie, but I enjoyed it so much more. That's good. It was so much, in, in my opinion, it was better than all of them. <laughs> wow, okay, okay. <laughs> better than all of them it was incredibly charming and for i mean like not even for being an older game it was just it was entertaining and not ridiculously challenging yeah but yes i think charming is the perfect way to describe this yeah game. both in kind of like i mean just in as a whole package <laughs> it's a very charming game for sure the characters yes. are great the art is great the story is fun yeah. exactly it's lighthearted. It's cute. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the controls? So this was kind of honestly my biggest problem with the game. Mm-hmm. We kind of you watched me play the first little bit because I said things felt slow, like everything felt just just slow, mm-hmm. almost like I was 
jumping through and like whipping my hair through like syrup. Sure. And I don't know. I thought that would kind of go away as I got better at it, but even towards the end, it just felt felt weird. Having played the whole know. thing, I think I I might agree with you. Um, I don't a hundred percent agree with you just because I have played slower feeling games, and so in like contrast, like this definitely isn't the fastest game I've ever played. And I think the main problem is the 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 animation cycles are very long like the hair whipping animation takes a long time and you cannot it's very yes. difficult to spam them yes. like you have to wait for it to complete to do the next one and yes it that's kind of part of it i think i think even if you compare like shantae to mario mario like the super mario Bros. 3 that we played felt more fluid than yes. this but then again i mean you were either jumping or walking like it didn't really have i guess more complicated animations like the hair whip yeah. that kind of forced it to slow down but and it's also possible that because it's on a gba it might be like again a processing power thing maybe yeah i get what you were saying though it felt a little slow the animations felt a little bit long but this it's definitely one... not the slowest game i've ever played out of the games we played i'd have to disagree but i'm sure you're not wrong out of the games we've played no definitely it is <laughs> And this, this honestly was probably, like... And it sucks that we're starting at a low point, but this was probably, like, my biggest complaint about the whole game. But that's fine, because now we got nowhere to go but up, BB. Exactly. <laughs> How, kind of a natural kind of thing here. How did you feel about the combat? The... So the combat was definitely not bad. Mm -hmm. I thought that... I don't know, like, I feel... Even though you could get, like could get like the boots that let you do the backflip and like you can like shoot the fire out of your hands like i thought that even towards the end i was just like hair whipping things yeah same like there was just it was it was the most convenient yeah and it really it didn't become just like smash a because you really couldn't yeah but uh, towards the end it was kind of a little bit like i don't know like a tad repetitive just the, a just a hair sure the for me i bought some of the extra moves i almost never like, used them i like used for the your back... transformations uh no for your for shantae oh, so, like okay, the backflip that you were talking about like i used mm -hmm. that a couple times when there were enemies above me in yeah. the way of a jump but like for the most part i used hair whip or i used the monkey claw a lot mm -hmm. um just because the monkey was down so i could hit people on the ground without having to duck Mm -hmm. and so that was like convenient um but like otherwise yeah it was mostly hair whipping or monkey clawing and that's kind of the extent of it i feel like yeah. i feel like i don't know speedrunners probably use the advanced moves for something but for the basic play that we did it were it was pretty good the hair whip was kind of all we needed and to a certain extent i guess that was kind of good mm -hmm. but towards the end it did get a little grating sure the combat was definitely not the most fun thing about this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the other things you could do were cooler. Like, the there, there there was platforming through all the dungeons, and, like, that never felt nearly as repetitive. Or, like, when you had to use your hair whip to, specifically in the first dungeon, like, to spin the stone, like, tablets. Yeah. Like, they... The other stuff you could do other than the combat was, like, more, a more interesting way to spend your time. Sure. I can understand that. Especially since, like, a lot of enemies had interesting attack patterns, maybe, but it was also pretty easy to stun lock most of yeah. them. Yeah. So it's kind of like, sure, the, the the enemies might have interesting or unique stuff, but you're just going to walk up to them and stun lock them to death, and then it's like, oh, well, that enemy's dead now. No average enemy that you encountered was particularly challenging yeah for sure how speaking of the platforming though you mentioned that how did you feel about the platforming aspect of the game i that is where i really enjoyed that that is like the part of the dungeons that i really enjoyed mm -hmm. other than like getting the cute new animal that you got to be obviously because yeah. that was great but like when you had to like you had to quickly nothing about the platforming was super revolutionary sure. like nothing was stuff i hadn't seen before but it was still it was still enjoyable like the the platforms that like shocked you if you stood on them too long like figuring out those was 
interesting, you know? Sure. Or I guess the, the cannon's not pla- I like the part where you had to go into the cannon and be yeah. a cannonball. Yeah, it was <laughs> like... That, that actually, I don't know if I have an equivalent for it. No, 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 I do. My brain's just dying here. It's not pale. Pale's from the top down. It's, um, it's that, it's breakout. It's breakout, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But you are the ball. <laughs> exactly. You are the breakout ball. That's what it felt like. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Those were those were fun. I like the I like the cannons. Um, I really liked a lot of the kind of more unique platforming aspects of the dungeons. Like the uh, none of the again none of them are incredibly unique, but I like them. Like I like the circles in the fourth dungeon that shot you in the different directions. Yes. I liked the yes, yes. platforms in the third dungeon that would go in the direction the eye is looking when you stood on them. Mm-hmm. Um. I really liked in Golem Mine, I liked the color mechanic. Yeah. Again, I can think of equivalencies to all of those in different games, but they were done well in this game, I think. Yeah. They were done well, and I think the there was, I feel like, such a wide variety yes. of different things you had to do, and I think that compensated for the uh, kind of stale feeling you got with the combat. Sure, sure. Uh, how did you feel about the exploration in the game? Coming off of playing Zelda, mm-hmm. I actually thought that the... And not that there was a ton of exploration to do in the overworld, but I found the overworld for Shantae to be, like, so much easier than the dungeons. Sure. And, like, I get that the dungeons were, like, the main part. Mm-hmm. But, like, coming from... Just coming off of another dungeon crawler, like, the over... It was, it was nice to feel you had a break on the overworld. You know, makes sense. But I can sound like a broken record. I so would have loved a map. <laughs> I would have loved me a map. I on, mean, not specifically on the overworld, specifically in the dungeons. Oh yeah, the dungeons for sure. I yeah, yeah. Zelda even had dungeon maps. Yeah. Like, like even like even just a basic like layout map, I would have mm-hmm. appreciated in the dungeons for sure. I got lost in the dungeons a lot. Yeah, and I think that was part of the reason that if you're just comparing it strictly to Zelda, like, the overworld felt so much easier, but the dungeons felt so much harder. Yeah. Like, you really had to kind of, like, not throw yourself against it, because this was not a very punishing game. Sure. But that is where you spent the vast majority of your time. Yeah. I mean, like, I did get lost a lot in the dungeons, but I... So there's two things. The dungeons aren't massive. No. Like, I think it's fairly easy to construct a mental map of the dungeons, except for the fact that every room looked the same. I know there was, like, a unifying aesthetic among the dungeons. Like, obviously, the water one was all blue, and... Mm-hmm. But even then, all the rooms all felt samey, and so it was kind of difficult for me personally, I guess, to kind of build a mental map. I felt like I had waypoints. Like, there were specific, like, Within each dungeon, there were specific things that, like, okay, I know, like, this room is here. Mm-hmm. Like, once I got to a certain room, I was like, okay, that's where I am. But, like, it took entering that room and coming back into it a few times to, like, orient myself to where all those little, like, kind of extra rooms were. Yeah, it. definitely, definitely. How did you feel about the transformations? This game kicked Banjo-Kazooie's ass. Yeah. This is how transformations should be done. They were not just... They weren't just on, like once you could use them they were constantly accessible to you you could use them like in so many different ways with the exception of the spider which when we get to highs and lows i will dislike the spider a lot but that's okay but like the there were different ways to use each of the transformations and it was it was so cool (laughs) yes i do really like yeah i mean yeah i agree with pretty much everything you said i really like how they did them because of everything you said. I, I really like how accessible they were, how quickly you could pull them off. You didn't have to go to a hub somewhere and transform into them. Exactly. I like, like how unique each of them were. Like, none the, of them really overlapped with each other. And the harpy one with the flying probably was a little OP, but that's okay. It was the last one you got. I don't... I mean, it was a little OP, except for the fact that that is some of the slidiest flying I have ever... It felt like I was flying on ice. <laughs> You're flying on ice. That's what it felt. It felt like ice. Like, this is crazy because this is one of the only video games 
ever to have an ice level that didn't have the generic video game slidey ice physics when walking yeah, on were, it. Yeah, there were no ice physics. Which but they substituted it with the bur- with the harpy being the slidiest flyer of all time. <laughs> yeah, she did definitely, like, take some getting used to. But, like, I, it was so cool that, I like... flew into the spike so many times. <laughs> it was still a very cool transformation, though. Like, definitely. But, like, I... In the in the fourth dungeon, like I beat the boss by like like you bang him to the ground and like I would transform back into like the human form and with with the hair mm-hmm. and then like you could transform back like the the switching was that was like the one thing about the game that felt like fluid and fast. Yes, definitely. The dancing in general was very well done. I think it was so cute. It was yes, so cute. the dances were very cute. Did you do the dancing mini game to earn money at any point? Yes. Yeah. Of course I did. It was great. <laughs> it was, and I liked how, I mean, like, they weren't, it, was, it wasn't super hard. Like, no. that, that. I mean, well, I, have... I wasn't super hard. I assume you didn't go to rank A, did you? <laughs> okay, rank A was kind of hard. <laughs> I hit rank A. It, it started, I'm like, wait, what is happening? Did I, am I holding the fast forward button? Why is it going so fast? <laughs> no, rank A did go very fast. But I like how, like the the girl who was at the uh the girl who was like oh like go dance on stage or whatever when you came back she was like you're stealing all my customers and i was like you're so funny yeah like i thought in general the mini games were kind of not the mini games but like yeah the, that the dancing the gambling, thing the gambling like i don't know i thought like those were kind of like maybe it's just i didn't like the gambling but like the dancing one was fun yeah the dancing was fun and that animation the I don't know, I thought, like, it was always... When we talked about this earlier, like, when we talked about the game, I thought she was just gonna crouch down and, like, wiggle her butt for all of them. But, like, no, she was actually, like... Yeah, she had different dances. Any noise. Yeah, this isn't making noises, but I'm moving my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. Speaking of the sassy uh, dancer girl, how did you feel about all the different characters in this game? I thought that... The vast majority of them were great. Yeah. There were a few exceptions. One being, oh fuck, what was her name? Who was the lady with the birds? From Oasis Town, the lady with yes. the birds. Sky? Yes, that's it. That's it. It's Sky. It's definitely. It's Sky. It's actually Sky. Okay, cool. Her bird. Like I, I honest to God, had to pause the game and like stop because <laughs> her bird is in rage. Her bird is named Wrench, and to get into the second temple, he becomes a wrench. Yeah, yeah. He was extraordinary. He was a golden god of birds. He stole the show for me. He did, yes. He was great. Um, On the other side of the spectrum, the squid mom that you were giving the babies to definitely freaked me out and worried me. Is this my child? Who cares? Give me more. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know if I want to give you these babies. <laughs> but you did, because the teleports were convenient. Perfect segue. I absolutely loved that about this game. Like, not specifically the teleports, but that, like, I loved how powerful the ex- the rewards you got for exploring were. Yeah. Like, I didn't have to, like... I didn't have to go find all the squids. Yeah. Or I didn't have to go find all the fireflies. Mm-hmm. The reward for it was so powerful. Yes, that, like, very much so. I don't know, it definitely, it was more than just a 100%, you know? Mm-hmm. And as someone who has very mixed feelings about completing things, I very much appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think, yes, I think Banjo did a similar-ish thing where 100%ing that before fighting uh, uh, Grunty gives you the extra health and mm-hmm. pick up stuff but like I can understand I guess the difference there uh, because in this game every four warp squids you get gets you a new teleport point and that's yeah. great that's something you can get throughout the game whereas Banjo's only comes in at the end exactly. and the 12 fireflies is something that it doesn't just give you more health. It gives you the ability to regenerate health, which is just great. But invaluable, almost. Yes. Like, I appreciated that so much from this game. 
Yes. And kind of going off the NPC, because, I don't know, you asked about NPCs. Obviously, they were all super... They, the game had a lot of personality. Yes. And in the different... The conversations you had with the NPCs is where it really came out. But I also really enjoyed how much, I guess, effort they put into Shantae herself. Mm-hmm. Like, she starts out and she is, like... She is worried that, like, she's only a half-genie. And... As you go on, she's like, she's also, but she's also sassy to risky. And she was given Bolo. I think his name was Bolo. Yes. Like, she was giving him shit for, like, falling her, falling for risky so much. Mm-hmm. But she was also, like, super concerned for him when, like, she came back out of the temple and he was, like, all hurt. Like, yeah. I don't know. I felt that they did a very good job of, like, not making her just, like, uh, a group of pixels that like move around. Yeah, she wasn't a one note character. She was a character. She was a person with personality yeah. and flaws and. And it was great. Yeah. Like this game had a super simple story, but what made it enjoyable to hear again because it really is like a tale as old as time was the extra details in the NPCs, but specifically how much effort they put into like Shantae herself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. What did you feel about kind of the closure of Shantae's story at the end of the game, where she accepts being a half-genie? As the game went on, that one throwaway line about, like, her being a half-genie, like, kind of stuck with me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like, I know it's going to come back somehow. But, like, I wasn't sure, like, what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy at the end that it ended with her, like not only accepting who she was but being empowered by who she was and it didn't feel like a coming out story but it definitely felt like accepting things about yourself and making those things your strengths and i very much so enjoyed it it definitely struck a more personal chord than i thought it was going to oh that's cool i was like actually really here for it (laughs) like it was so stupid I really liked it. Also, like, sorry, can I go into a mini rant real fast? Yes. Specifically since we're talking about the ending yes. of the game. Yes. I texted you earlier and I said the more I think about this game, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. And it is because I love that there was, like, we played a game that had a female protagonist who was a pretty fully-fledged character and she was badass but she wasn't badass because she had a big sword or a big gun mm-hmm. you know like she fought people with her hair she transformed into cute freaking little animals because she danced yes you know like it was definitely overtly feminine which the more i thought about it the more i was like this game was released in 2002 like it like who was the intended audience of this game like i don't know like did like, I was, like, six at the time. Like, did little six-year-old boys sit down and play this game? I don't know. It, I loved how, like, like I said, how overtly feminine it was. And she wasn't badass because she was doing something that was stereotypically male. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Princess Peach is one of the games that I have played, not for this podcast, like, before this. Yeah. That I have actually, like, 100% completed. Sure. And it felt very similar to that, where, like, she, of course she fights with her umbrella and wears a dress, because she's a fucking lady. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, this game made me feel proud in multiple ways, and I appreciated it. Am I putting too much, like, am I projecting onto this game? Probably. But maybe. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And, like, I was trying to think back in my limited knowledge of, like older i guess i get yeah i'm calling this game old even though it's only 17 years old and i don't care sure (laughs) but i was trying to think back to like older games that had female protagonists and i was like okay i mean like i guess you have super metroid but like she's kind of just a robot in a with a gun like yeah like i know that samus is female but you would you literally do not know You do not know until the end of the game when you 100% it and she busts out of her fucking robot suit into her zero suit bikini. Yeah. Like, Samus, at least in, like, the original ones, isn't great representation. 
And I thought like, oh, maybe like Laura Croft. But even that, it's like, you're not that Laura had a big gun or a big sword, but it's like, you're doing something that is stereotypically masculine. Yeah. And the same with Samus. She, she literally, yeah. one of her arms is a gun. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with that. No. Like, it's great that you can also see females who are like that. Mm-hmm. But also seeing the other side of that coin where people who are overtly feminine, like, that's awesome. Yes. This is actually. Our- I think they did a great job with that. I'm really, really glad we played this game because I would never have gotten that out of this game. <laughs> Personally. I would just be like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a cool game where I get to beat people up with hair. That's cool. But I would never have gotten the, the viewpoint that you as a female got. So, I'm very happy we played that game for this reason. Yeah. Okay. One more thing about NPCs. Um, I was looking, because you always give me highs and lows. And so, like, after I play the game, I always, like, go back on, like, a wiki to make sure I didn't miss anything mm-hmm. that I want to, like, talk about. Or, like, want to include in my highs and lows. And under, like, the Roddy Top section, there was something about her brothers and one of them being named... Abner Cadaver. Yes. <laughs> I died. Yes, we will meet her brothers in later games, and they're wonderful as well. I was like, wait, did I just miss? Like, did I just miss her brothers? Or like, I totally thought I had forgotten them. But okay, I feel better that I haven't encountered them yet. So I was like, these guys seem awesome. Yeah, we'll meet them in later games. So. Okay. Which I assume we'll be playing. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to meet Abner Cadaver. Um. How did you feel about the difficulty curve of the game? I felt that, with the exception of a few roadblocks, the game honestly was relatively pretty easy. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that the later dungeons were as easy as the starting dungeons, but they certainly felt as easy as the starting dungeons. Yeah, I'm sure there was some progression of you, like me getting better mm-hmm. as I went on, but... This was not, this was not like Zelda where the last dungeon was a wall. Yeah, like, I I think this game did a very good job of player skill going up at the same rate as difficulty. Yeah, like, this game came out, yeah, sorry, I had to do math in my head real fast. <laughs> this game came out in June of 2002. Mm-hmm. That means I would have been six at the time. Do I think six-year-old me could have played this? No, probably not. But I definitely think maybe eight-year-old me could have played this. Mm -hmm. You know, like it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't ridiculously unreasonable that this was a game that a child would be playing. Definitely. And I'm here for it. Because when it takes me like 20 to 25 hours to beat Banjo-Kazooie and time to beat says it's like seven, I don't feel too great. Sure. I feel like there are a whole bunch of eight-year-olds out there kicking my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. No, but this game, like, I literally beat this game in, like, a weekend. Yeah. I could have beaten it in a weekend, but I only spread it out over a week because I'm like, all right, I finished a dungeon tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's bad. I don't, no. I don't have an issue with this game being easy. I enjoy hard, difficult games a lot of the time because I like pushing myself against a challenge and getting past it. But I also sometimes just like an easy, fun, small game that I can beat and enjoy and have fun with and then be done with. Exactly. So I like this game because it was easy, not in spite of it. Exactly. So how did you feel about the structure of the game as a whole? Kind of, I'm talking about this in kind of two aspects. One, the literal two-dimensional structure of the game where it's just the whole world is spread out to the left and the right and then also the kind of structure of get the next quest marker go to the town go to the dungeon go to town go to dungeon kind of the physical structure of how the game was laid out specifically for the go to town go to dungeon go to town go to dungeon i felt that i spent a lot more time than i expected in town yeah like when you said this game was going to be dungeon crawler i kind of had already preconceived notions in my mind from playing uh, Zelda and from playing Guac mm-hmm. about how much like time I was going to spend in like the in-between parts of the overworld. And I 
I don't know. I feel like I spent a lot of time in town, actually. Mm-hmm. Are you talking it's about specifically in the towns or in the overworld? No, just specifically in the town. Okay. Like, I knew, or I guess once you got past, like, once you got to the first dungeon, you realized that until you got squids, there was going to be a lot of travel time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that un- until you got, tran- like, the teleportation, it was... It was definitely a lot to walk everywhere you had to go. Sure. Since it was just to the right and the left. Um, but, like, I don't know. I spent a lot of time in town. Okay. Which I was kind of blown away by. Doing what? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just danced a lot. I mean, that's fine. The dancing <laughs> was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think back to when I played Guac. Like, I didn't find all the things that the woman needed to make burritos. Like... I didn't find the third band member, like, and Shantae didn't have side quests like that. Sure. Obviously. But I, I don't know. I, I was surprised how much time I spent in town. Fair enough. I also spent, I didn't spend, I wouldn't say I spent a lot of time in towns, but also maybe I had different expectations coming in, kind of, mm-hmm. I spent the amount of time I assumed I would spend in there, especially with grinding out money from the dancing, but also, boy, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in the zombie caravan trying to beat that race, though. Yes. <laughs> that was the exception not the rule yeah that race is probably one of the only parts of this game that i disliked yeah the we discussed this a little earlier this week and basically what it comes down to is the 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 obstacles came so fast it was hard to react to them properly and in time if it was a rock it was very easy for it like you had like a half a second to jump before you were too late to jump and you just ran into the top of it. And with the tree logs, you could get under them easily enough, assuming you recognized it as a log and didn't jump into it, assuming it was a rock. That was... I'm glad that's over. I I estimate I died, or I failed, 30 times. It was a mess. We talked about this. My death count was more than 10, but less than 50. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. We're in there. It was it was rough. It was oof. yes. So talking about the overworld and the dungeons, what do you feel how do you feel about the distinction between the overworlds and the dungeons? Did they feel samey? Did they feel different? Did like you know, in Zelda, we talked a lot about how the dungeons had a distinctly different feel than the overworld. Mm-hmm. They were more contained, they were more interesting, they were more fun, maybe. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that distinction in this game? I was amazed with how much they could do with a little bit of music and what basically was just a filter. Mm-hmm. Like, tinting everything red or tinting everything blue, both in the dungeons or, like, on the overworld when they had, like, their day-night cycle. Yeah. I think they really used color to their advantage to make things feel different. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I, I, I appreciated it. Like... This was not this was not something like Cuphead where like there were super detailed drawings in the background or the scenery wasn't super complex. Sure. But I still think they were able to create a distinction not only between the dungeons and the overworld, but between like each dungeon. And maybe like it helped a little that there were only five and not nine. Sure. But I still felt like it was all very each was pretty different. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of the day-night cycle, this is kind of the first game we've had that's really had one of those. How do you feel about that? I, so I'm kind of conflicted about it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, in my review of the wiki, it mentioned that enemies were stronger during the night phase. Yes. And, like, I don't know, and maybe that was because, I don't know how much of that I registered while I was playing the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, thinking back on it, that it, it makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know how much I registered it during the game. Sure. So part of me is like, that's so cool. Like, I love that they put that little extra touch in there. And then part of me is also like, but, like, would I have noticed it if no one told me? Sure. So I don't know how I, I don't, I'm not really sure how to feel about it. I explicitly noticed the distinction because I am the type of person that, like, if in a game like this where it's like distinct hits, like it, I'm the person that counts. Okay, it takes five hair swips 
mm-hmm. to kill this enemy. And then it goes to nighttime, and I'm like, oh, wait, why is it taking eight hair whips to kill this enemy now? So that's something that I distinctly noticed just because that's the type of person I am when playing these kind of games. Mm-hmm. But You're there crunchy. were some... But what? You're crunchy. Exactly. But there was some other things that they did that I really liked. I like that you can only find fireflies at night. Yes. I thought that, that was That makes cool. sense. It does. And I like... There were a few enemies that had different forms in the day and the night. There was... I think it was basically a werewolf enemy in the mountain area. Where in the daytime, he was vaguely humanoid. He kind of looked like a skinny, lanky yeti. But at night, he was a wolf. You're so right. Yeah. See, like, one... I kind of just thought those were two different enemies. Mm-hmm. Because I'm kind of oblivious of that. That's fine. And also, like, I think I didn't notice the difference between the enemies during the day-night cycle. Because I never... Like, even towards the end, I wouldn't die to enemies. But, like, I would still get hit by enemies as I was, like, walking across the overworld. Sure. You know, I was never, like, excessively proficient at this game. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't notice it. But I did notice the fireflies thing. Yes. I did pick up on that. The, the werewolf thing is awesome. Yes. I... Like, I only... Um, the other reason that I kind of count enemy hits is because I was never especially proficient at the game either. But I count the enemy hits because so I can time out like, okay, I need to do two hits, then run, then two hits, then run, and then I can kill them. But also, I am the kind of person that grinds for money. So mm. I don't know about you. I assume, based on what you said, you may have dodged around a lot of enemies. I explicitly tried to kill as many enemies as I could because I wanted that cash money. Fair enough. And the other big difference I noticed was in the snail wasteland area the Uh snails went in their shells at night. So if you played through that area at night, the other enemies were stronger, but you didn't have to deal with the snails. And so I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's just like, just little things like that where they thought through like all the levels of it. I like it. And another thing, first time you find the zombie caravan, you have to go, you have to move off the screen at nighttime. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, I think they... A lot of times uh, in, like, modern open-world games, they have a day-night cycle, and it's kind of maybe feels vestigial, kind of just there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I really like this day-night cycle. It actually I'm made like, a difference in the gameplay, and I really liked how they thought about it and did it with it. And with the exception of the with the exception of the zombie caravan, and, and I guess the fireflies, too. But, like, you could have just made the whole thing at night. Like, there, nothing, it didn't need to have a day-night cycle but since they made it have a day-night cycle they really thought through the repercussions of that definitely yeah they didn't just stick it in there exactly and it's great yes and so what did you think about that final boss so (laughs) i'm including both phases here the tinker tank and risky herself i was disappointed by the tinker tank Mm mm-hmm and maybe it was because there was no interaction with it. Not even no interaction with like there was no. It didn't fight back. Urgency. Yeah. yeah. There, there weren't, there weren't platforming traps. There was no like rising water. I don't know. Like there was no counter to do countdown to doomsday. Like it felt leisurely. Yeah, I definitely felt that. So like, like there weren't even any like. Tinker bats inside patrolling it. Like, there was nothing. There was nothing. There was that okay. one burst of steam off the side, and that was it. That was it. Are those things actually supposed to be bats? They're called Tinker bats. Yeah, but are they supposed to be bats? I'm not sure. Because for a game that is all about animal transformations, those are some sorry ass excuses for bats. It's fair. There were the Tinker bats in the final area that did actually have wings. Yes, 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 but like... But otherwise, no. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, the first phase was disappointing and leisurely, yes. in my opinion. Um, But I really did enjoy... I mean, like, the... For me, the fight with Risky Boots was, like, actually with herself was honestly kind of somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. for, like, the other boss fights. Mm-hmm. It was definitely challenging, but it, I don't know if I'd consider it my favorite. Okay. Which... I don't know. I might say like second or third. Definitely not fourth or fifth. Okay. It was. It was. I don't know. I kind of wish that had been a little better. 
But I really did like at the end how you had to like dodge all the fight. Yeah. That I liked that escape part of it. The escape was good. Yes, I like the escape, and even though the Tinker tank kind of sucked, and the fight with Risky was just good, not great, mm-hmm. the final like little button of escape at the end like was I don't know it was it was a good end to okay. it. Yeah, I personally I wasn't expecting an escape, and I'm like, ooh, cool! Yeah. I love escapes. Yeah. Um, but I personally really liked the Risky fight. Uh, because I don't know if you explicitly noticed, but it was a phased fight. The f- the lower she got mm-hmm. in health, the more unique attacks she did. And then when you knocked her hat off, it was like, oh, she's getting downed close to the end or whatever. I liked the risky fight because it was... I-, I liked it for a couple of reasons. One, it was the most dynamic, and two, she had the most health, so it actually felt like True. an actual difficult fight. Yes. That was the problem I kind of had with the other bosses. They all had a l- few too few hit points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, everything you're saying about Risky is how I feel about one of the other bosses. Okay. But I can definitely, like, I can definitely see those things in her. Sure. You know? Totally understandable. Hi everyone, this is Joe. Uh, I'm just dropping in here, you know, kind of mid-roll thing that we're starting. Uh, Just wanted to, you know, uh, let you guys know about some stuff. So we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now, um, and I have realized I've never really given you guys a way to contact us. So, uh, you know, if you want to hit us up, we have a Twitter. You can reach us on Twitter, at LevelingN. That's leveling and the letter N. Uh, we also have an email, if you want to send us any email. Uh, our email is levelinganoob at gmail.com. Uh, so, you know, uh, there might be some ads coming in after this, but uh, otherwise, enjoy the show. So let's move on to the next section. Tina, how did you feel about the visual aesthetic? It was adorable. Yes. The little animals she turned into were adorable. Even the spider wasn't too creepy. If you're talking... If you're talking just about, like, how she was drawn and the color, this was the total opposite of Zelda, mm-hmm. where everything almost felt like they had three crayons. Sure. And they said, good fucking luck. Yeah. This was, this was, like, bright. Yes. And not definitely. bright and neon in kind of the way that guac was, mm-hmm. but this was just, like, like, her hair's purple. Yeah. Like, her hair's purple, like... Roddy Tops is literally green. Yup. Like, it was almost like Dr. Seuss-like. That I could see, yeah. Where, like, okay, yeah, you know what, like, buildings might all actually be brown if they're in the desert, but we're not gonna make them all brown. Or, like, even if we are, we're gonna, like, put a whole bunch of colored, like, shit on them. Definitely. Yeah, I think, I think Seussian is a good way to describe it. Definitely, yeah. It felt, all of the areas felt distinct and colorful and fun. Yes. And I think that definitely added to the atmosphere of the game, mm-hmm. of it being a fun game and not just another platformer, maybe. Yeah. So, how do you feel about how the characters looked, how they were designed visually? I I liked, and again, it's kind of unfair comparing so much to Zelda, because I realize how, how big of a time difference there was. Mm-hmm. But I like this, because even though this wasn't super detailed hand-drawn fine stuff i feel like i could still tell what everything was supposed to be sure and what people were supposed to be wearing sure you know like i was i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and kind of specifically about like what people were wearing like yeah like shantae was walking around in parachute pants and like a bra top and so was risky boots and so was sky but like uh, like the clothing they were wearing might have been slightly sexual, but, like, they... I did not feel that they were overtly sexualized. hmm And I feel like there's a big distinction to make there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, there's even one point where, like, I encounter... I don't know if it's a monkey or what it was. There was some weird thing 
in a dungeon that was blocking like a path you could crawl through and he was like i like to see people dance or whatever and like she like sassed him back uh-huh and like that was the only instance of like this feels a little skeezy like the dancing feels skeezy you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like mm, that and the end credits where she literally was in a bikini yeah that that was when i was like okay now now we've gone too far yeah too far on that one okay like whether it is and it very obviously is not um very obviously is not accurate to like that kind of what people would wear in the middle east but like it is the westernized this is the accepted westernized version of the middle east sure or like what like genies like i dream of genie basically wore the same thing Mm -hmm. like princess jasmine wore the same thing yeah like is this correct i feel like that's up for debate but i don't think this specific game is overly sexualized okay in like the in the five hours that i've played i'm sure people have taken it there (laughs) people definitely have yeah yeah (laughs) like when she was dancing like yeah, she was crouching, she was shaking her butt, but, like, her dancing wasn't just, like, I'm gonna shake my boobs. Yeah. You know, like... Again, as an American, I don't actually know, but the dancing felt like the westernized ideal <laughs> of Middle Eastern kind of belly dancing might not be exactly the right word, but, like, that kind of thing. When you think of Middle Eastern dancing, the moves yes. that she was doing felt true to the western ideal of those moves. They may not have been entirely accurate, but... Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly kind of what she looked like. Yeah. She she looked like... She kind of looked like a belly dancer. Yeah. Or what our idea of it is. Sure. I mean, she, she just looks like Jasmine. She she does just look like Jasmine in red. But like a much cuter Jasmine. <laughs> wow. Okay, I like red, and the purple hair is awesome. That's very true. That's very true. Um... The only person I really had a problem with their design, honestly, it took... Risky was kind of hard to look at. Yeah. In a world so colorful and beautiful, her just being white stood out. Yes. Yeah. Totally understandable. <laughs> like, what are you? How did you feel about the soundtrack? I realize this is soundtrack adjacent, ad- adjacent, but I feel the need to address this right up front. I do not think there were any annoying noises in this game. Look at that. I didn't I was this game did not bother me. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it didn't do the dumb dumb thing that Katamari did where whenever someone's talking you hear a dumb sound. Yep. It didn't do that. I was so pleased. Yep. Like There was I don't know. there was no annoying noise when you were on low health. Exactly. Like the it was it was just I was and I realize it's not the soundtrack, but I'm grouping it in with audio. Yeah the audio experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um as far as the soundtrack goes it was i mean like it was leaps not leaps and bounds better than the seven minute zelda track but because the zelda track is very good but it is only seven minutes (laughs) i was very glad this is a little more than seven minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was very glad about that um and I, i don't know like i could see how maybe some people would feel the way that I felt about Banjo-Kazooie soundtrack, about Shantae soundtrack, mm-hmm. where, like, it all kind of started to meld together. Yeah. For me, personally, it happened a lot sooner in Banjo-Kazooie sure. than it did in Shantae. Sure. But, like, it, towards the end, like, with the hair whipping, it did eventually get there. Uh-huh. Where, like, eh, yeah, I can kind of see, like, it's kind of a little... It's kind of a little... Not samey, but just, like, it all... It kind of melds together a little. Mm-hmm. I did think, though, for the most part, it definitely fit the tone. It fit the scene. It was. It did what it was supposed to do. Definitely, it definitely. I definitely feel like it fit with the whole the visual aesthetic and the audio aesthetic very fit together very well. Yes. And I also, you know, what this game had that Zelda didn't. What? Unique music for every dungeon. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, that helped so much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was here for it. Yeah. Is this going to be a soundtrack like Titan Souls where I listen to it? No. Like, will I listen to one and not play the video game? No, it's not. But, like, it was good video game music. Yeah. I don't I don't think it crossed that barrier into, like, good, like, general music, you know? Mm-hmm. Big fish, small pond kind gotcha, of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Let's move on to the section I like to call highs and lows, where we talk about favorite and least favorite parts of different sections of the game. Tina, let's start with transformation. Favorite transformation. I know you didn't like the flying, but I just thought it was the most useful. Like mm-hmm. I like I like the harpy the best. Monkey, very close second. Monkey was my favorite. Uh, I totally understand the harpy. The flying was very useful for the time that we had it. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it the best part of the flying was that you could fly over enemies all the time and it was great but i just i used the monkey so much like the monkey was almost my default means of transportation going across like the overworld once i got the attack Mm -hmm. so i just used the monkey all the time uh so he was my favorite and i think that was super smart of the game to hold the most powerful one until the end but give you I don't know if the most versatile is the correct term for the monkey, but, like, something that also is incredibly useful. Yeah. But not OP. Because not only does the monkey climb walls, he also has higher and longer jumps. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think they structured that very... They structured the timing of the transformations very well. Yeah. The elephant, though, was the cutest looking. Yes. He was the <laughs> least useful, but the cutest. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. However, that doesn't make him my least favorite. I still don't like the spider. Same. Nope. Spider's my least favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Not just because he was pretty useless as well, but because his wall climbing was really obnoxious to control. Like, you couldn't jump off a wall. You had to find ground to land on. Like, if you're on a background, you couldn't jump off and fall down. And that section on the pirate island with the spider where you had to climb over the walls, I gave up on using the spider and used the harpy instead. Because the spider was just that obnoxious. No, spider definitely. And also, like, and maybe this is something that I will... I mean, like, no, I don't even... I don't know... Maybe the other Shantae games are like this. I had a very difficult time at first distinguishing, like, foreground from background. Like, what Mm. I could interact with versus what I couldn't interact with. That's fair. And so, like... Having, I mean, like, obviously you could only interact with the spider webs, but just, like, I don't know. I wasn't here for it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what about dungeon? So, dungeon-wise, my my favorite was Pirate Island. That's fair. While I was not a big fan of some of the exact ending, I do think it did a very good job of utilizing all your skills. For sure. I do think that was very good. They utilized all your skills effectively. You actually had to use them all. And not yeah. just, like, this is the monkey section, now it's the elephant yeah. section. Like, you use them at different times repeatedly. Except for the one spider section, which sucked. Which, that's that's fine. But, yeah, no, overall, I do think Pirate Island did it very well. But my personal favorite was Golem Mine, uh, just because of the color switching uh, that... puzzles. What number was that? It was three. It was the one with Ooh, the red and yes. blue lights. Yes, yes, the yes, color yes, sec- yes. Yeah. I really like that cool one. Mechanic. I really like the color mechanic. I thought that was the best, mm-hmm. mostly for that mechanic. And also, it was the fire one, and we know how I feel about fire. Yes. <laughs> that was actually, that was actually, we're gonna get the bosses in a sec, and not spoil it. But that was actually my favorite boss. <laughs> he was my favorite boss. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, what about your least favorite one? Uh, my least favorite dungeon was. Honestly, probably just the first one. Yeah. Because you didn't have any transformation, or you didn't have transformations for most of it, and you were, and I was, like, unfamiliar with, I guess, the expectations mm-hmm. the game had for you when you were in a dungeon. Sure. So I think I got the most lost. And since you had the fewest number of transformations, there was the least amount of ways to solve a problem. Yeah. So I think for me, like, personally, that was just, like... And, like, there's... I get that that had to be like that but that was like the least enjoyable experience for me that's fair for me personally i just i hate i disliked twinkle palace the most the cold dungeon yeah the fourth Mm -hmm. one with the harpy partly because of how much i disliked the harpy's controls the slipperiness i ran into a lot of spikes Mm -hmm. and also like having to fight the ice block things all the time and i wasn't a huge fan of the like directional launchers because okay. I don't think they were implemented well enough. Uh, these kind of things are implemented better in the Donkey Kong Country games. The problem okay. that I had with these is that you couldn't see the next one on the screen. So you're kind of just firing blindly. 
there was some ways that they made it a little better like the first one you encounter is over a ledge where up right up left and down are blocked so you figure you probably have to go right but like there are some instances where it was just hard to tell you where you were supposed to go next and i think donkey kong country does it better where the next barrel is always on screen so you know where you're going so just with all that together twinkle palace is like again it wasn't bad yeah this wasn't great and finally what was your favorite and least favorite both uh favorite was the golem yeah with a close second probably being risky okay um least favorite though was that first guy same he was just the squid guy the little eyeball squid guy yeah he was like yeah he was annoying to hit level like he was annoying to hit and because of how many how few hearts you had he was really easy to die to yeah whereas the later bosses like they may have been more explicitly difficult, but you had more health, so it was easier to deal with fine. them. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite was Risky. I really liked the Risky fight. Like, I discussed earlier how dynamic it was, how the phases, and I'm a sucker for phase bosses, so... Yeah. Why, oh, yeah. Why did you like the Golem fight so much? Um... I liked... Because the Golem was the one that, like, rolled into the that hands. little ball. Yeah. Oh, wait, right? what? Oh, sorry, no, right, the little ball guy. That was the spider boss. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of, I think, the earth fight. You're thinking of the elephant boss, I think. I think I, yeah, I'm thinking of the elephant boss. My apologies. No, yes, I mean, the I'm little, the boss the little sonic guy, yeah. Yeah, the little sonic guy. I liked, well, what I really enjoyed about him is that the game, the entire game was 2D. It was very left to right. Mm-hmm. I specifically enjoyed about that boss how it, and not that it really attacked, from like the top of the screen but i like that like it went around and it was like not just trying to use like left to right but it also was really trying for like up and down mm-hmm. and like i know the harpy guy kind of flew but like this it felt different sure you i know, understand like, what you're you didn't you didn't need the advanced flying mechanic to be like dimensionally creative about it yeah and so i appreciated that about the uh third boss definitely so tina you have any closing thoughts on this game I love this game. <laughs> like, okay. Was this game perfect? No. And for how much I've been gushing about it, I think, like, I'm probably kind of going to give it a lower score than you expect. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like this game has so much potential. Yeah. And I think that potential probably is going to become more apparent in the later entries. I think I was... possibly one of the limitations is because it was on a less powerful system they couldn't do everything they maybe wanted with it they still did a pretty good job with it but i think you might like the later games even better i feel like the the later games are probably going to get better mechanically Mm -hmm. which definitely were like the main shortcomings of this specific game but i was surprisingly touched by the story for a game that really wasn't story-based yeah for sure for sure but i'm so happy we played this game yeah so out of 10 tina what would you give it overall i think give this game a seven all right so i was a little off i said five i really didn't expect you to enjoy the aesthetic as much and i did not expect the narrative to factor into it as much as it maybe did and i think that this I mean, when you look at how I rate the games like Shantae and how uh, compared to games like Pokemon that are objectively a much bigger success, that this rating scale definitely is very, it's much more personal Mm -hmm. and less objective than we probably intended it to be. I mean, that's not a big deal. But like the, the small story that was there, like personally affected me probably more than it would like the average person who picked up this game mm-hmm. and like probably affected me more now as an adult than it would have as like an eight-year-old girl sure and so i'm probably projecting a lot into the story but that's okay that's okay it's okay to project into a story if it means something to you even if it didn't mean to mean what it meant it still meant something and that's good yeah yeah so next time tina what are we playing <laughs> Oh, we're playing Half-Life. <laughs> it's finally time. She will understand the memes that she has seen all of her life. I mean, like, no. But probably like a, not. 
but probably but not. But, like, probably not. But, like, I feel like we'll get there when we play Half-Life 2. We'll get, yeah. If we play Half-Life 2, I might not make it through this one. I am going to say that you're going to give this one a 4 out of 10. I'm basing this partially off preliminary uh, uh, understanding of what Tina has said about the start of the game that she played. I'm saying this partially based off the fact that I know she isn't a huge fan of story-based games. And I'm say, basing this off the fact that she gave the other first-person shooter we played, Borderlands 2, a 6. So, Borderlands 2 is already a 6. I'm saying, like, it can't be more than a 5, probably. But I'm saying with everything together, I think 4 out of 10 is what I'm going to predict. And the, fact that, and the fact that I've had this game for 4 weeks, and I still don't have a gun. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm in for a rough two weeks. Yeah, you are. Especially since, oh wait, it's finals time. That's fine. That that, that actually is the best, because I had the least, like, it's not, it's the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Well, uh, we'll see you all in two or maybe four weeks. Maybe four. We'll see what happens. We'll see you all sometime within the next month for the next episode where we play Half-Life. Bye. Bye. The music used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.